Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Let me go back. Generational curse. You hear a lot of stuff about generational curses. You hear a lot of stuff about generational curses in Christian circles. Don't listen to all that junk. Let me tell you what the Bible says. There is one generational curse. You got it from Adam. That's the only curse. How do I get rid of it? Jesus Christ. You don't have to cast it out. You don't have to throw it out. You don't have to go through 50 weeks of counseling. We believe in counseling. We love counseling. It's necessary. How do I get rid of that generational curse? Very easy, except Jesus Christ. You might have heard about curses that can be passed down a family line. These supposed curses afflict a family, many times without their knowing what it is. Well, in today's message with Pastor Mark, he'll be talking about the original generational curse, the one that came from Adam. You'll hear about God's warning to the Israelites about leaving their devotion to him. Pastor Mark will show you how God's cautioning of Israel, as well as the blessings he promised them, relates to you in this day and age. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's message. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Exodus chapter 20, as he continues his message, An Inheritance of Blessing. The next thing you want to write as a principle, this is what God just says in this verse, disobeying God, in other words, hating God, sin, has negative consequences. That is also a no-brainer. God says, if you live within my guardrails, good things will happen to you. If you live outside, bad things will happen to you. The problem is it won't just happen to you, parent, or grandparent, you're a person of influence first to your children and grandchildren, that will affect them as well. When a parent is involved in, quote, hating God, that means they simply refuse to obey God in his commandments. What does that lifestyle look like in a home where a parent just lives outside of the biblical principles? The result in a lifestyle ends up with drugs and alcohol and sexual abuse and bitterness and unforgiveness and uncontrolled temper, anger, infidelity, lust, lying, stealing, hypocrisy, greed, pride, materialism, worship of self. You see, that lifestyle has a definite effect on children. Their grid system is being built and it focuses on these evil influences. The next thing we see is these children grow up to be young adults. 
And often, because of that grid system, because of what they were raised with, a cheating dad, a dad that never home, always the business is it, that person becomes, in many ways, like father, like son, like mother, like daughter. And the next thing we know, the son or daughter become drug users. They become infected with the HIV. They become alcoholics. A mom raises a child who is a cocaine baby. A son raised in a home watches his dad abuse and beat his mother. He becomes that kind of a husband. He's an abuser. That was his role model. A daughter watches her mom. Her mom is promiscuous. Her mom is what we look on television today and laugh at. Desperate housewives. Garbage. Pretty soon, she becomes promiscuous. She's an adulterer. Why? She watched the role mother. The same one. But even sometimes worse than all of that, We find this principle of children matching the parents' lifestyle in the church. There are children today, but they're actually adults, who will never go back to church, won't have anything to do with God. Here's why. When they were young, well, they were raised in a home. The dad was a deacon in church, highly respected At home, he abused his wife. She would never tell. He was horrible. And the kids saw that hypocrisy. The church loved him. He would even teach. He was one thing there, but something very different at home. He would never step in the church again. Why? Blamed it on God. Or the mom who went to church. She was known as the best Sunday school teacher. She was an incredible teacher. But at home, she lied. She cheated. She was having an affair. She didn't even live the life. Well, what does the kid do? They see that, know it's wrong, and say, I'm never stepping into that lifestyle again. That's why... A harsh warning from God to parents and to grandparents. Stop and think. Fathers, mothers, count the cost of the effect of your lifestyle upon your family. You see, if you hate God, if you disobey God and have nothing to do with God, then because of that, you will suffer, but there's a domino effect of that sin. And God says it lasts sometimes up to four generations. God says the sins of the mothers and the fathers will be passed on to the next generation and that cycle of unfaithfulness just continues. Let me give you a perfect example. Back in the 30s and 40s in China and Russia, the government of both of those countries stood and said this, no God. Remember, what happened to the next generation? No God. 
What about the next generation? No God. So why do we go to Russia? Why do we go to China? Why will I go in again to China in, in June? Why do we go to these countries? Because something can break that cycle. By the way, it's the person Jesus Christ. Let me ask you, how many of you were raised in a home? You never saw your parents read the Bible. You might have gone to church once or twice a year, but your parents basically didn't live by godly principles. You really never understood any of these. In other words, your parents were maybe good moral people, but they definitely didn't have anything to do really with God and a relationship with God or the Bible. Let me see your hand. Take a look around you. Now, how did you get here? By the grace of God. Somebody came to you and broke the cycle. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. Let me ask you one more. How many of you were raised in a home of abusive dad, alcohol, drugs, pornography, mom or dad? Let me see your hand. Raise it. Take a look. Why aren't you an alcoholic today? The grace of God. You see, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. It's free indeed. We have a message for the world. Now you say, well, Pastor Mark, it sounds unfair for God to punish children for the sins of their fathers. Does that mean that generational curses are real? Am I born under one of those? Does that mean that because of where I was raised that I'm in a dysfunctional home and is there really any chance for me? Well, look at this again. Look at Exodus 20, verse 5. Punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Next thing you want to write is this, and then you'll see the principle and the answer to the question I just gave you. God will punish... Those who hate him. In other words, disobedient sin. If a person disobeys God, there is punishment. The wages of sin is it. Whatever we sow, we do reap. That's a principle lined up with scripture. But if I change that, if I refuse to go down that road, if I choose to go down the road of following God, when somebody tells me I can break that cycle then that domino effect stops instantly in my life. Well, what does he mean by the sins of the Father and all of that? Turn with me to Deuteronomy and look at this principle just a couple books away. Look at this principle in Deuteronomy 24, verse 16. Don't forget this principle. Fathers shall not be put to death for their children, nor children put to death for their fathers. Here's the principle. Each is to die for his own sin. So the principle you want to write is simply this, and I'll explain it to you. Each person, son or daughter, is responsible to answer for their own sin. Well, how does it work then, Pastor Mark, if the child is punished for the sins of the father? Here's how it works. As we've said, when a parent 
has a sinful lifestyle, it's very likely, in many cases, that the children will follow that same sinful lifestyle. But notice what we just read. God says the children are not going to be punished for the sins of their parents, but only for their own sins. The Bible specifically tells us that God does not hold children accountable for the sins of the parents. So how do we break that then? See, I'm not responsible for what my parents did. I'm responsible for me. Let me just make a couple statements to you right now. little disclaimer. Once you see these principles coming, be careful. Because in our society today, no one wants to take responsibility for their own sin. We have so many people that go into counseling till Jesus comes. Because they're always blaming their alcoholic dad or their abusive mother. You see, I will not stand before God and respond because of my mom and dad's sins. I am responsible for my own. The key word is responsible. If I continue to make excuses for my behavior, I'll never get well. That's the problem in our world today. In our government today, who's responsible for this? If somebody would have owned up to this a long time ago, we wouldn't be in this mess. But it's the same principle spiritually in this room. Now turn with me to Romans. Let's see how this goes. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. What about this thing called a generational curse? What about this thing called a dysfunctional home? Romans 5, 12. You talk about something passing on from one generation to the next. Whoops. Watch this one. Therefore, verse 12, just as sin entered the world through one man. Who was that? Adam and Eve. Sin came to the world through one man. By the way, the solution to sin came to the world by one man. His name is Jesus Christ. Let's read on. And death through sin, the wages of sin is death. And in this way, death came to, circle it in your Bible if you never have, all men. Because all sin. Here's what you want to write. Every person is born with the sin gene. You see, when you were born, you were born of parents. When Adam and Eve sinned, that gene was placed in the pool of man. Every single person born since Adam and Eve has a sin gene. The Bible says we're all sinners. Now, some of us are going to say, but Pastor Mark, if I was Adam or Eve, I'd have done way better. We'd have been way better. No, you wouldn't. We're not only sinners because we have a sin gene. We're sinners because we practice sin ourselves. Could I hear an amen on that? Pastor Mark, I don't sin. Really? You just did? So, it's part of our nature, and we practice it. So what about this generational curse then? By the way, there was one man that never sinned, Jesus. Well, how'd that happen? He didn't have a human father. It was the Holy Spirit. 
He had no sin nature. Now, he could have practiced it, but he didn't. He remained sinless. That's why he paid for our penalty. Let me go back. Generational curse. You hear a lot of stuff about generational curses. You hear a lot of stuff about generational curses in Christian circles. Don't listen to all that junk. Let me tell you what the Bible says. There is one generational curse. You got it from Adam. That's the only curse. How do I get rid of it? Jesus Christ. You don't have to cast it out. You don't have to throw it out. You don't have to go through 50 weeks of counseling. We believe in counseling. We love counseling. It's necessary. How do I get rid of that generational curse? Very easy, except Jesus Christ. Second, what kind of home were you born in? Here's a clue. Everyone here was born in a dysfunctional home. Turn to your neighbor and say, I was born in a dysfunctional home. Just go ahead and tell them right now, would you? That's good. Now, does everybody feel better? I feel better. What kind of home do you come from? Dysfunctional. Now, the problem is, I can blame that on my mom and dad, but I have kids. Dysfunctional. Just like you. Now, I'm not making light. Some of the homes some of you were raised in, way worse dysfunctionally than others. Way worse. But by and large, we were all come from dysfunctional homes. Why? Because sin is dysfunctional. So the Bible says, I can be cured of this generational curse or stronghold. Adam passed it along. One man, Jesus, came and he paid for it. How does that look? Turn with me to John 3, 16. As you're doing that, write this next statement. Every person can have a new start totally forgiven. You don't have to go and list all the things that were wrong with your parents. Some of you came from a home with a single parent. Some of you came from a home with no parents. Your grandparents raised you. All of those things, I understand. But every single person can be removed from that dysfunctional home stuff, can be removed from the one generational curse, which is simply the sin nature that you have. And all of that happens as you look at all of this because of this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish. Shall not perish means I have no sin because the wages of sin is death. Shall not perish but have eternal life. God didn't want anyone to die for their sins. So God provided the only cure for this curse, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So here is the issue. Here you are. Doesn't matter what kind of background you came from. Christian parents, unchristian parents, foreign, nation, no parents, abused, whatever. I'm not going to be punished for the sins of those. I'm only going to be punished for my sin. Do I have sin? Yes, I was born in sin. If I don't become a Christ follower, I will die in my sin. I will be eternally lost. I will be separated from God in heaven forever. I can't blame that on my mom. I can't blame it on my dad. I can't blame it on the environment. I can only blame it on me. Any of you that are listening, you will never, ever be able to say to God, I didn't know the truth. Too late. If you die for your sin... It's because of this. When God says, 
become a follower of Christ, you refuse and you decide to live by your own rules. If you choose that, by the way, your destiny, (laughs) you don't want to even think about it. So the only way that I can get rid of that sin nature and the effects of a world around me that hates God and many homes that hate God is to choose to obey God's commandments. Well, in the New Testament, we know what that is. It's a very simple commandment. Jesus said to a very religious man, Nicodemus, you got to be born again. There's no exceptions. Religion doesn't work. Many of you were raised in a home where your parents passed on to you religion. It's dead. Well, become a member. Give big box to us. It's dead. You want to pass along a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So when I choose to follow Jesus Christ, what happens to that generational curse of sin that's born in me? And what happens to that dysfunctional home? Take a look at this verse. 2 Corinthians. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is, tell me, what is it? All right, put your hand up. Put your hand up like this. Say this. The old life is? It's gone. Could I hear a hallelujah with that right there? Unbelievable. It's gone. And a new life has what? Begun. Yes, I'm a person with a past. But when I come to Christ... Bye-bye. New life has come. Now, will I still have tendencies? Absolutely. See, my old sin nature is still with me, but it no longer rules me. Greater is he that lives in me than he that rules this world. And so you and I have no more excuse to give in to the old sin nature. That's what Romans 6, 7, and 8 is all about. No excuse. The new has come. Let's do it one more time. Bye. Let's just, let's bye. Bye. That's the message we have for the world. Doesn't matter where you came from. Doesn't matter who your parents were or weren't. You can be a new person. Well, let's go back to Exodus chapter 20. The children of Israel, they weren't sure how to work this all out. And so God then not only gives them a warning, but the Bible is filled not only with warnings. And notice, we give warnings. People say you shouldn't speak on hell and you shouldn't do this. No, no, no. You have to do the whole Bible. I just didn't go to skip verse 5 and go to verse 6. Well, what's verse 6 say? Here's a great promise. God says, I'll show love to a thousand generations of those who love me. Notice it doesn't stop there. And keep my commandments. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark talked about the importance that God places on not just his name, but his reputation. You learn that when the Israelites dishonored God, bad things happened to them. You were reminded that as Christ followers, you are now the one who is supposed to display God's character in your interactions with the people around you. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. 
All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will be wrapping up his teaching and inheritance of blessing. You'll hear more about God's promises to bless those who honor Him in their living and about His curses that will fall on the people that dishonor His name by how they live. You'll find out about God's grace and how He can undo the problems that you might have had growing up. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurry.